the expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Christ. It's, it's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Robers, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to Consequence Uncut, a series that gives listeners and readers a deeper dive into our features with major artists. For this episode, Bruce and Jason Miller, the composers of the new theme song for Frasier. Weren't, weren't you also advised, do not mention psychiatry, do not mention... Yes, oh, good great. point. That was like the, the problem. It was like, don't mention anything about Seattle... Nothing about crazy people, nothing about psych psychiatry, psychology, anything that has to do with the show, but make it germane to the show. Hello, everyone. I'm Mijan, lead podcast producer at Consequence Podcast. Hi, and I'm Liz Shannon Miller. I'm a senior entertainment editor here at Consequence. And Liz, welcome back to Consequence Uncut. I mean, every time you come here, we come with the best content. And what is better than what we're working on for theme week? Oh, God, yes. It is TV theme song week as we record this, as you probably maybe listen to this. Who knows? But yes, we are celebrating the TV theme song, not just because uh, the SAG and WGA strikes make it impossible to talk about television with people who make it, except for <laughs> people below the line. But that's a minor detail. But it, the TV theme song week has been a really fun project to put together. And a big factor in it was getting to talk to the actual men and women who make theme songs happen. And what I've loved so much about theme week is that in talking to all of these creatives that make the music behind the shows that we love, it really takes you back to just some of those songs that you just cannot get out of your head. It's fascinating. Like, I've written about this a little bit already for the site, but I've been here for about two years, and this is by far the most passionate 
I've ever seen our staff get about a list in terms of breaking down the the best uh, TV <laughs> theme songs. Everyone has a childhood favorite that needs to be on the list, and everyone has different childhood favorites, especially because we have a wide age range of people who work here. And so at a certain point, like it's just like everyone has their own childhood favorite, and it needs to be on the list. And that's a lot of childhood favorites in addition to all of the adult-themed stuff. It was a very intense, not intense, it was a very fun and joyful, but also very extended brainstorming process and eventual ranking. But I'm, I think we came up with a really solid list. I think a lot of people, you know, there's everyone has a favorite that's not on there, but I think a lot of the really great achievements in this very specific subgenre of music have been uh, celebrated. Dare I ask, what is your, give me two favorites. So I'm going to just pull from what I wrote about. I got, I went, <laughs> I went, a, I went hard on our list on uh, Doctor Who because the story of the Doctor Who theme mm. song is fascinating. And also it, mm-hmm. you know, it's worth, it's worth telling the story multiple times because what happened was this man named Gron Grainer wrote the music for the theme song to Doctor Who. And then he brought it to the BBC and the BBC gave it to a woman named Delia Derbyshire, who worked for the BBC Radiophonic Workshop and transformed Ron Granger's original song into essentially what the final version became. And the thing that's so remarkable about all this is Delia Derbyshire is considered like the mother of electronic music. This is 1963. She is recording individual sounds to magnetic tape and manipulating them using all sorts of technological witchcraft. I don't understand. But remember, I'm going to say it again. 1963, she is making an electronic (laughs) score for Doctor Who. And if you listen to that original Doctor Who theme song, you're like, it sounds like nothing else on the planet, especially back then. But even today, like it still has this wonderfully otherworldly quality. Oh my that, god! You know, Delia Derbyshire only worked on the very on the original version, but she gave it such a distinct tone, and that tone has been mm-hmm. carried through the years. And literally, the show is about to celebrate its seventieth mm-hmm. anniversary, sixtieth, sixtieth anniversary. It's sixtieth anniversary in November. And oh uh, that theme song is still is, is still a central part of the show, so that's 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 one of them. And uh, I didn't actually. I'll, I'll pick one I didn't get on the list. Uh, but I'm a huge sucker for the you know Disney animated series Gargoyles, and that yes, song, yes, thank you. That was that I, could, <laughs> I, I I tried like hell, but we we were it was even at, even with fifty slots to fill, we still had to make some really tough cuts. Oh and I'm God. sorry, but you can I I will I I will listen to Keith David tell me uh, that he is an Avenger of the Night all day long. <laughs> well, I will share that one of my favorites, obviously, is Golden Girls, which we were talking about before we started recording this podcast. And to be honest, actually, Frasier, I am obsessed with this song. It's just so jazzy and so quirky and so weird. And it just always put me in such an excited mood to, you know, go and watch Frasier. I just loved the almost like effortless jazz singing that Kelsey Grammer does. And I I was like, for a while, I was like, is that Kelsey? It sounds like him, blah, blah, blah. And then when he did the Finding Neverland and he was Hook, I realized that he could sing and that was him all of those years. And hearing the voice age over time for the new version of the song, but still having it be so true and having that little quirky element to it, is so funny because I feel like the lyrics at the end is Frasier has re-entered the building. Yeah, and I think it's a it's an an important bit of context to add here uh, is that the new Frasier revival, which is coming out, is 
largely focused on Kelsey Grammer's character, by which I mean none of the other characters from Frasier series are returning as series regulars. There are characters who will pop up in rec- as recurring characters, but the focus of the show is largely on Frasier Crane moving back to Boston to reconnect with his son. Mm-hmm. So... There's a very nice meta element to all this because the original writer of the Frasier theme song is Bruce Miller, who is in this interview. Mm-hmm. But his yeah. son, Jason, is also a composer. So father and son work together on the theme song for the revival featuring father and son. It's it's a nice little <laughs> it, it's I honestly there's a part of me that what like I, I, I talking to both of them, like they're both clearly very accomplished, knowledgeable men. Uh, there's a part yeah. of me that almost wonders if they were both hired just for that meta element. But they also I know, I, right? I, if you hear the new version, you're like, it, it sounds it sounds slightly different. As uh, they explained, yeah. they actually used fewer instruments for uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the for the revival version. It's four instru- four instruments versus five. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a fascinating meta commentary on the whole thing. But yeah, I think like it, it's it, it works really well. Like he he is like you say, a, a actually very good singer. He's a real baritone. That's what it is. <laughs> hey, if you got it, man, flaunt it. I know, I know. As as a as a fellow baritone, I totally understand. He's never going to sing you Alan Levine or Freddie Mercury, but you give him a little croonery element, and uh, he'll 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 serve it up for you real nice. No, absolutely. And I think like the whole story of the lyrics of the song is fascinating, just because they couldn't say what the show was about. They they were told they were oh, not yeah. allowed. They're not allowed to. They're not allowed to talk about psychiatry. In the lyrics. And so they came up with this delightfully bonkers metaphor to get around that. And it it really works. And I genuinely feel like tossed salad and scrambled eggs is not a terrible meal. You know, it's got you got your you got your veg, you got your protein. Oh, not going to lie. I think I had that last night for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yes. And I will and I will tell you, I always thought tossed salad and scrambled eggs sounded crazy. Not that people that go to mental health things are crazy, but it just it made sense. But actually, people eat that all the time, namely me. (laughs) This is why I'm in therapy. And I really love that they have this great perspective because, of course, nowadays with streaming, you know, the intros are so short. And the question is, like, is there the same amount of artistry if people have a shorter attention span or like literally, you know, the difference between like a 45 second to one minute intro to like six seconds? It's just such a it's such a weird question. But I guess the answer is there's still artistry and it's still valued, especially when it adds to the look, the feel, and the emotion that the show really emanates when people think about it. Absolutely. And I think something that did come up in this interview is the idea that, you know, it's not impossible to have a really strong, defined theme song that's about 10 seconds or less. It, but mm-hmm, it, it, mm-hmm. It, it's so much harder. Yeah. You really have to, like, nail a very specific sound very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I feel like what people forget is just how iconic these things are. I remember when I was learning music theory, we learned the interval. I think it's a fourth and I music theory nerds don't come for me, but I think I'm right. Uh, When it goes the Simpsons, it's like literally because it's such a weird interval and that is so ingrained in people's psyche that if you really want to teach people specific things, you need something that's like everyone agrees that that's what it sounds like. And then that's how you learn that interval or it's a, oh. a tritone. It's like the interval for a tritone or something like that. It's kind of weird. No, that's fascinating. It reminds me of how uh, I, I learned. 
I learned uh, in a screenplay class, I learned basic three-act structure because the professor broke down the story of Cinderella on the whiteboard. <laughs> TV theme songs are incredibly sophisticated, but they can also be, they also work effectively because they can be, become very simple in, in their elements. I completely agree. And I feel like because these things are so important, this is why it's so important to never skip an intro if you can, no. or at least listen to it once. <laughs> Give it its full credit. Let it be the overture for your your television viewing experience. That is why uh, we we launched our uh, merch line this week of stickers, t-shirts, and hats that say, I never skip intro because you believe that the TV theme song is important. You believe it is musically valuable and you enjoy listening to it because, you know, yeah, who doesn't want to sing along to the theme song to Friends or Cheers? It's a good time. It makes you feel happy and it makes you feel ready to watch the show you're about to watch. If you want to read more about this, please do. You know, you can go to consequence.net where we've got theme week coverage rolling out all week long. As you listen to this, we may be pretty close to done with it, but that just means you can go back and really take your time and explore uh, all the different uh, articles we've created. And you can purchase our I Never Skip Intro merch at shop.consequence.net. So now I'll turn it over to Liz Shannon Miller and Bruce and Jason Miller, no relation (laughs) that I know of. Please enjoy. I would love to start off by just talking about, I guess, I I guess let's like doing it chronologically. I'd love to start off by talking about the writing of the original Frasier theme. Sure. I'm going to go get uh, coffee. I'll see you guys later. No, no you but there. you may learn something. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I was doing Wings at the time, mm-hmm. another show, and uh, for the same people. And then they came up with Brazier and they had a, a idea for like a jazzy kind of a, a song. It was based on a Joni Mitchell thing that they played, but they needed something original, of course. So there were three of us that were vying for it. You didn't know at first, right? Yeah, I didn't know anything. I mean, I, oh, wow. I was, I, I just thought, yeah, I've been, you're working on wings now, and you've been happy with it. Why, you know, what, what are you going around for? And you know, getting other ideas, but it's television biz. They, they were, they're great people. Those, those three execs were amazing. I made the best call. I called my friend Daryl Finnessy. First, I wrote the song, so the song was there, and I called Daryl, and I, I got him the music, and he came up with "Toss Salads and Scrambled Eggs." Okay. I didn't know what to think at first. It was like. Do I want to present this? And he was pretty adamant that it works. And then when I realized what it meant, which it's things that are mixed up, Razor Crane was a shrink. And that's what he deals with, the people that he deals with and everything. They're all mixed up. And so presented it and uh, I got the call. You know, so I got it. So I'm going to cut it. Weren't, weren't you also advised, do not mention psychiatry, do not mention. Yes, oh, good point. I was doing, yeah, that, that was the, that was like the, the problem. It was like, don't mention anything about Seattle, nothing about crazy people, nothing about psych- psychiatry, psychology, anything that has to do with the show, but make it germane to the show. Okay. This is, this is kind of blowing my mind a little bit because I, I mean, I'm sure I could have Googled this and maybe found an answer, but I've never actually understood tossed salad and scrambled eggs. And now I understand it as the metaphor how many times have people prepared like toss salad and scrambled eggs for you, like as an actual meal? Like oh. there, uh, there have been like a, there's a lot of levity with that title. He did it, and I mean it was amazing. So I guess the best advice I can ever give anybody is 
get the best collaborators. That's oh, that's so kind of you, Dad. I'm, I'm flattered. Aww. You're welcome, Jay. Get off my back. <laughs> uh, but but anyway, that so that's yeah the whole maybe I hear the blues are calling blues. It's the blues, but sad people. Tossed yeah. scrambled eggs. Maybe they seem a bit confused, maybe, but I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling oh again. God. Yeah, you 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 got it. You you wrote a song about psychiatry, and it didn't. It doesn't mention the word. Nothing, nothing. And uh, uh, I like to tell people I thought of that line, but uh, it, not bear. But Daryl Finnessy, remember that name? The guy's brilliant. Of course. Yeah. So, um, at what point in the conversation did? Uh, Kelsey say, I'd like to sing this. You know, my original thought was Mel Torme, mm. because it, I mean, it, it, you can picture the song, the sound of the song. I mean, yeah, he, he'd be a natural. He was completely, you know, he's he's a jazz singer. He's so musical. But I don't know if it was Kelsey that decided or the execs who said what would happen if it was. I mean, it was a lot easier to try that than to get, do a whole deal, make a deal with Mel Torme and all this. Also, my my opinion of who I wanted didn't mean as much as is theirs. So uh, we recorded him, and he was amazing. I mean, it, this is not what he does, you know. But I mean, he can sing. He shares a tune. He can he can sing. He has a good sounding voice. But he was so foreign, and he added all these little good night, Seattle. We love you, and da 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 da. You know all these these things. And he just made it his own. I mean, he just, you have to understand, we're not signing the royalties over to him. Right. But he made it his own as a performance. <laughs> so, but anyway, he, he was great. And the thing is, he's game to try stuff. You know, he's always, he was always like that. I mean, he did ridiculous things on Cheers and, and then on Frasier. So, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that'll, yeah, see what happens, you know. And he was friendly about it. I mean, he, he was great. So... That whole thing and the musicians we had at it were LA's, you know, elite, mm -hmm. the whole rhythm section. Um, that so it just worked out great and lucked out. Yeah, it's 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 iconic, and so and now and now Jason, like, at what point did you get the call? There's going to be a revival of the of Frasier. We need to do a new take on the theme song. That we had heard, I think, just through online stuff and social media that they were talking about rebooting it. And as it got more and more attention in, oh, well, wow, they're they're really doing this. Are they going to call you dad? Or, I mean, they have to use the song. That would be like that would be a slap in the face. I mean, uh, it's part of the show. And time went on. I went on and we had reached out to our friend at Paramount, Sam Diaz, the music department over there. And he would check in and then correct me if I'm wrong, dad, but you. You had spoken to him and said, you know, maybe let these these new because all new producers. I mean, everybody was new. So it wasn't like, you know, returning people were saying, oh, you got to get Bruce again. And my dad was talking to Sam, I believe, and said, you know, maybe let these guys know, you know, they're younger and all of that. I do a lot of work with Jason. You know, it's kind of a nice collaboration and it brings some of the youth and blah, blah, blah. And the next day we got an email saying they want to do a Zoom. They said, we I, I think my dad had said when he spoke with them, they said, we understand you're working with your son. We know about him. And that was very flattering to me. So we jumped on a Zoom and we thought it went really well. You know, they, you know, what are you guys thinking? And we had some ideas we had spoken about and they were pumped and we hung up and, and said, you know, it's up to them now, you know, hopefully. And the next day it was like, well, we're going to send you a couple episodes to check out, get a vibe. And we think 
we got it, you know? And then it was like, hey, come down to a taping. And then finally it was like, oh, we got to make a deal. And, you know, we want to, we want to update the song. And, and the whole thing that my dad and I agreed on was we're not reinventing this. Like it's, it's got to maintain its authenticity. You know, we didn't want to turn it into something and, and have people go, what would they do? So it was EMO version, but not it. See that? That's why I'm here. He says EMO. It's it's called emo. But um, <laughs> oh, EMO. I always call it EMO. Yeah, it's re, it's it's rem, uh, Rio Speedwagon. Yeah. So we kind of got to work. Or Kevin. Yeah. Made a deal, and it was it was like it's happening. Awesome, you know. And then and then waited till it was like everything was signed and dotted to where I started telling friends like you know this is really exciting. That was a few months back. I'm thrilled to be you know. I mean, working with my dad's always fun, but on such a you know, like you said, an iconic show. It's really, really neat. Yeah. I and mean, then, and then of, of course, they were trying to sell it to RKO, who then was going to sell it to MGM, and then MTM was going to take it. And then Jason was let go of the show. TTYL, <laughs> Bruce. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you guys can hit the road and do, and do a tight five at the Copa any moment now. Oh, uh, God. Uh, Kill each other over there. It's the way it goes same but different rather like approach like feels like a a tricky needle to thread like you know having having heard both like i definitely feel like i I definitely hear the differences but i'd love for you to articulate like what you think what what were what were the big changes you feel were made fortunately the the execs the the new execs and by the way the 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 staff and crew on the show has been so easy to work with i mean they've been they've been very cool yeah they're just they're great i mean it's like you know, they're appreciative. They don't give you pressure. They they say what they want. They want to get it. You know, it was obvious. We we have to keep the song the way it is. We can't fool around. We, we can't make a rock version of it. There are, there were some. So we we did a couple run through a couple ideas and it you know various like tempos and, and instrumentation. The execs were very happy with it. Kelsey what Kelsey offered that this was later in his life now, mm-hmm. and so it's a little more relaxed, a little more gentle. And so maybe kind of thin it out a little bit and just I think we had more. discussed we had discussed making it kind of hip, a little younger, a little more energetic. And I remember we submitted this thing that we all really liked and, and they loved it. And it's like this can't be this easy. And then yeah, then Kelsey's idea, which did make sense of he's an older man. It's what, 25 years later or however long later after the show ended from here. I mean I think what did he say? He said calm and there's some other adjectives. He, he just wanted it to be to be just gentler than than what we came up with, and gentler even than the original. Just so you know, I I came up as a jazz guitar player and a sax player. So, I mean that that was my my thing when I was starting out. And uh, but what we thought to do was have Jason play the guitar parts. He's not known to be a guitar player like that. He was uh, he was best known with me on a show called Becker. That had like a very Stevie Ray Vaughan-ish kind of a guitar that was crazy. And people think of him like that, but he was great. I mean, we just discussed how it should be and he pulled it off. And we kept it, it's very small. It's guitar, a bass, and drums, and and Kelsey. And great. and so it's it's just gentle. It's just, you know, but but it swings, you know, it's uh but it's it's there, there's a coolness to it. There's a coolness to it, but it's, yeah, it's not overpowering anybody. And I think it works like with, with how he described his character is these days. It's still a little, what, what were you saying? It was a little, um, even the word, it, it had to be kind of, this. kind of, no, kind of almost like a high class. Like he's, you know, he's a, 
this is this is a little classy. Right. This this is a little you know. I mean, just this this end of well, the group behind it, and and Kelsey even Kelsey's singing. It's thirty years later that he had to re, they had to resing it, but it's 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 the same person. It's just, it's you know he's a little uh, heavier. His voice is a little heavier. It's a little. It's just the same vibe. I mean, he was able to pull it off again. Mm-hmm. Um, and more refined. Yeah, and and, and so it it just kind of ended up like this, and everybody was happy. You know. It's, yeah. No, it's 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 great. Um, I, I want to go back a little bit. I, I feel like I maybe missed a detail here or I misheard something. Uh, Jason, did you do the guitar on on the new theme? On the new one. Yeah. OK, great. Yeah. Uh, I just and who did the guitar on the original theme? It was a guy named Dennis Budimir. Gotcha. Who passed away uh, a while ago, who was out of the studio jazz guy. I mean, he was a brilliant guitar player. But for, for this thing, we, we wanted traditional instrumentation, but Jason gives it a little something. I mean, he keeps it true. It is the style. I mean, I, I wouldn't have, have uh, been okay with it if it wasn't the real jazz guitar, but somehow or other he does it. I don't know how he does it, but he does. But he, it was great. And so and so, just the, the feel of it is a little bouncier, but it's slower. It that's, seems to work. They were happy. Uh, all, all we need now is just you're okay, and then we move uh, on. Yeah, thumbs up. You're ready to go. We can the show the show can now premiere. There um, we go. I just because I'm a I'm, I like numbers sometimes. How many studio musicians do you recall worked on the original version? The original was piano, bass, guitar, drums, vibes, five. And then so how many? So it was like three who worked on the it's new three. Version? That's really no, that's really interesting. Thank you. So I'd like to shift this now to kind of just a general conversation about TV theme songs. And so I'd love to get your, I'd love to first off start start off by getting your perspectives on what you both think make, what what do you think are the makings of a great TV theme song? Like what's like that thing it needs? I think it should be something that people don't dread getting through. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, it, it, it should be something, I mean, this, this, Song has been had had a great thing where everybody knows your name, you know, the cheers theme. The Becker theme that we did. It's like you hear that guitar and you know the show. Unless you've never seen the show, then of course you wouldn't know it. But I mean, I can I can go back to a time, if I may, one of the shows that I that I did back then was uh, Designing Women. It was a great show and I was on it for like seven years, I guess. And we went at the time we were there, we went through three different theme versions. And the theme song was Georgia on my mind, a famous old song. And it was Hoagie Carmichael wrote it. And it was a great classic. And I came, the first one I did was very hip with the saxophone and all that. And we did another one that was a little different. I forget exactly what it was. And then the, the last version was Ray Charles, who was known for that song, singing it at a piano with the women sitting on the piano. And then I wrote some strings around it. And that was one that the show had to, you know, that was the one that ended up with. But all those versions, were they were all, the song itself. I mean, there was no better theme song of any show. It's just a great song we love. So it's got to be, I mean, it should be something that, that people listen to. I mean, I hear themes and I'm pretty jaded. And I try to be, you know, some, I, I just think, whoever. Because sometimes they get into, they want it to be current, feeling somewhat current, but they forget that it should also be theme song. It, it should be... Relate to the show. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it should have something to do with the show, and it should be it, it should just be a, a a working representation of what the show is. They've gotten short, like the the Georgia theme was a minute long, a minute and a half. I don't know how long it was. Yeah, but this these things are, and and Frazier, you know, the original theme was it's probably about. 35, 38, but 40 seconds. seconds. Yeah. We, we've like, done shows where, where they were six seconds long. Most of the shows lately were... For, for sitcoms. Multicams. Were these short little things and you do what you can. You touched on a bunch of a bunch of issues that have definitely come up in this conversation. Like, Jason, did you say six or 60 when you're talking about sitcoms? Zero, zero six. Zero six. It started out as a 30 and then I think the 15. And then by the time they settled, it was uh, it was six seconds, you know, and, and the whole thing, you know, I've learned as as a composer is it's not up to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can offer my tastes and, you know, suggestions, but it's pleasing, you know, the people in charge. And so you want to maintain that what you feel is important, like again, relating to the show and uh, stylistically being appropriate. But, you know, when you have six seconds you know especially coming from a, a longer version okay well let's pick the best part and this is always i mean it, it's it's so much of it's out of your hands that I'm, i must say that honestly the the best the, the ones that have a little bit of time because you know they're always worried about it, it's taking away too much time right i mean i don't know i'm not a producer i'm not a writer so i don't know where if the theme is is 20 seconds instead of six i don't know that they're going to get an emmy just because they got you know 12 more seconds of showtime or 14 seconds. Uh, 14. It doesn't matter, but it is to them. But I've noticed, I think back to the producers I've worked for, the best producers, generally, it's not written in stone, but gave the, the theme music a little bit more credence. It just seems that the whole show was done that way, where every everything was important. Yeah, I mean, so you, you deal with producers where music is an afterthought and just gets in the way. Mm-hmm. And others that really enjoy music and, oh, this this sets up the tone of our show. And so I think you're, you know, whoever you're working with, that's obviously going to have a, a large effect on what you're able to do. Other ones also, like, I mean, there's a lot of shows we've done uh, where they don't want to hear about from you. They don't care if they ever see you. It's <laughs> just stay out of our way, do what we ask for. And if we want an opinion, we ask for it. So and, make, and make sure that the music, make sure the music tails out so that, you know, you can hear the laughs. Yeah. yeah. It's like. I mean, it's it's amazing how the the better shows pretty much don't have to think about that. It's interesting. I think back to producers and you know how how much we appreciate the ones that that are really gifted that that really know. If if they're not afraid of us, we're not scary people. It's like use us for what we can offer, you know. But of course, it's it's their call, and you know we we never. You know, we, I, I would never push it to a producer. Whatever you want, but I think we can make it better. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The thing that has been really fascinating about all the conversations that we've been having, inter- my company's been having internally about TV theme songs is like, is how personal all of our connections to them are. Like, you know, we talk about, a li- you know, we were doing like a big list of the 50 best ever. And it's just like multiple generations of people saying, no, you cannot cut this. This is the song. Right. And I, I don't necessarily have a question tied to this, except for the part where it's like, it, it just speaks to how important the TV theme song can be. Like it is such an identifying element of the, of the show it, 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 a huge part of how we remember it. Well, I, I can tell you that I'm that all my friends laugh at me, all my music friends, but I watch Andy Griffith every day. Huh? A gentleman named Earl Hagen wrote <laughs> he pities you. For that show. The, the score is impeccable. It's impeccable. It's perfect. I, mean, I think any musician that would hear it, any good musician would recognize it immediately. And the theme song, mm-hmm. how do you not, everybody knows the Andy Griffiths theme song. Yeah. And Earl whistled it himself. That's a perfect example. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But no, I, I I love that you watch the Andy Griffiths show every day. I think that's very sweet. I do. Um, it, no, I mean, it's it's honestly, I would I, I tell like young composers that, you know, sometimes I get calls and, you know, they want to talk. And I say, honestly, watch the show. I mean, it's hokey. It's, you know, it, it's it's back there in the day. But the scoring is absolutely as good as anything on television. Sure. That's what you should do with music. I have a thought that I've never, it never registered to me, but curious what you guys think. With streaming, when somebody sits down to watch three episodes of a show in under an hour and a half, mm-hmm. I wonder if part of that is like, oh, theme, get through it. Whereas when something is on weekly, it's a little more of like a, oh, I love this song. You just made it so that our themes will always be five seconds long. No, but I, I, all I, you I, producers out there that are hearing that. <laughs> no, but, but that, psychologically, if people are like, they look at that and then we don't have attention spans. Right. But when you're presented with a song that you enjoy, it it becomes part of the experience, something to look forward to. And yeah. and nowadays it's just like throwing everything at you and you don't have the capacity, which I sucks. Mean, yeah, it does. I mean, I, I'm a professional binge viewer on some level. And so there are definitely like, I, I can tell I can tell you stories about learning, lear, watching, watching screeners on the old FX and not old FX, the old uh, Netflix screener app that wouldn't let you that was really hard to use. But I would learn I learned how to skip forward past like the credit sequences for shows I was reviewing just because I was on a tight timetable and that minute and 20 seconds I was valuable. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely I, I definitely can't say I've never skipped over a theme song like and I, I definitely own that. I won't do it anymore. Yeah, I, I we watch stuff and I my wife and uh, it's a minute yeah. and a half long. We're going to watch it. Somebody wrote that. It's part of the show. We're going to watch that. 
Yeah. And I think it, I think it's it, it's 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 that's part of like what I'm finding really interesting about exploring this is the approaching the theme song is almost an endangered species in in our current situation. It is. Uh, I I don't go through them because my remote controls usually glitch and something happens. So I just let it play. Right. But 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 it is it, it is what Jason said. It is important. I mean, it's like it's it's a presentation of a show. It's almost like go to a Broadway show. Mm-hmm. And they're going to do the overture. They're going to do whatever they're going to do. And it's part of the show. Can you imagine walking into some big theater in New York and having all, you know, all of a sudden it's just like a curtain opens and, and these people walk with like the lights don't even dim. That's the tone. Yeah. It's the overture. For for both of you, I'd love to hear like, and you know, don't, don't, don't stress over this. Just go with your gut instinct, like your favorite theme songs of all time. Objectively, I think Frasier is one of the, you know, if, if, if it wasn't in the family, I would have to say, I mean, because only because I've got friends who will tell me that's your dad. You know, <laughs> when I was when I was 14, like that's my so I think that's a, you know, a fair one. Um, what themes? I'll, I'll tell you what's interesting is that I, I did a podcast of a friend of mine, a writer, very respected writer, and he was talking about. He's a smart guy. He's aware. He's very current. And he said, when people write in about the show, mm-hmm. probably the the most requested uh, aspect of the show is the song. Mm-hmm. He said, we get more, more questions and comments about the song than any other thing about the show. Which is, thank you, Daryl. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, so what- uh, Great thing. I mean, I'm trying to think of what we watch. What what do we watch? I mean, it's, I mean, it's honestly of, shows from before, before streaming earlier, earlier yeah. shows. Yeah, I didn't and, mean I didn't mean to imply like just just recent shows. Of like course, right, yeah, right, right. And we've got Bravos on. Real Housewives are on a lot in this house. <laughs> um, I cannot speak to whether it's the quality of that theme song. I, I I've never I've never gotten into the Housewives. I, I love I love The Simpsons. Yeah. You know, that's just, yeah. you know, fun. I love like, Monsters and the Addams Family. Mm-hmm. Again, those are great. They're, they're themes. They're part of the show. They're part of the, you know, it's not a drum loop just playing with a sound over it. Right. Uh, I mean, it, you know, and then it gets into the old argument, like how important is artistry? How, but it's like, first you have to know what's artistic. Then right. you can work back from there. But if you start in a place of it, where in your brain... There's no such thing. It just let's get that drum loop, and then you're gonna get. You're gonna you reap what you sow. You know, it's just not gonna be. Let a producer. Let somebody say to you, "Now, how can we make this a little more down to earth?" But let let it come from them. But I, I just think that you do your best, and that goes with the writing. I mean, look at the writing on these shows. Some of them are just fantastic, and you know, Frazier's one of them. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm going back to the original question. The Meet the Press theme. Oh, interesting. That one. I mean, I I know. I mean, from growing up when I was younger in that house, when yeah, well, my dad was watching that. Yeah, and and you know, it's this you know, it's perfect. It's, you know, it's like talk about setting a mood. You know, um, yeah. Do what I did. Oh, you you talked about it all the time. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> Forgot what I did. And then Bluey. We watch a lot of Bluey here. Oh, Bluey. Yeah. 
every bluey bluey's a bluey's a popular one for sure bluey's um, a phenomenal yeah good old bluey so uh before i let you go uh i'd love to like i'd love to get your perspective on the future that how you what you think what how you see the future of the theme song evolving like do you think and i i wanted to in 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 mentioning this like I do think there's like even within that six seconds, like it's possible to do something interesting with it. Like I wouldn't say that the theme song for Lo- the theme for Lost is the best theme. The the opening sequence theme is the best theme ever, but it is despite being really short, it is very evocative of what Lost is as a show. But I'd also know like that there's only some I don't know is there is there a limit to what you can do with six seconds or do you think that people have like in order for the TV theme song to survive we you need that extra real estate you need at least twenty or thirty. Think of this. Think of again going back to the archives, but but those are the ones that were meaningful. Um, Alfred Hitchcock presents. Mm-hmm. It it's the Alfred Hitchcock hour is da 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 you know that. That amazing song that's so perfect. What's crazy is Alfred Hitchcock presents the theme song is a chord. It's an orchestra because they didn't have synthesizers or anything back then. Right. So this is an orchestra just playing this. It's like a minor chord and it, it just like a drone. And every so often you're a boom, boom. It's the craziest thing. That could be done in six seconds. If it was done as well as the guy that did it did it, right? Because it, it it's just it it absolutely it, it's perfect. I mean, whoever thought to do that, what it, it was an atmosphere. I mean, we're here to entertain the folks, and that and you know the, the music, all of that. It's it's part of it. I think when you're also when you're talking about you know a very very short one, you know anything's possible, but sometimes you get into the production and just the sonics of it. And like he's at atmosphere, you know, um, law and order dun, dun, that, yeah, that show, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a note. Um, you know, I could think one of the shows we did a while back, there were cues that were a chord. It was, you know, that, and some didn't even ring out. It was just, so it's a guitar strumming a power chord or something with, a drum set, no bass. At one point, one of these, I remember one of the producers on, on a show said, can we lose, what is that? Oh, that's the bass guitar. Can you get rid of that? Okay. So it was one guitar and a drum and that was it. Um, but like somebody fell off a bicycle. Yeah. Oh, well then we got into that. So on that same show, one of the producers at one point said, let's have a mistake in every cue. And we had glass breaking or a horn honking or kitchen. I mean, it was crazy, but for a theme, you know, I think being memorable and and again setting the viewer up for this is the show you're what you can hear this and you instantly know what you're watching, um, which again can be done. But then you're talking it, it, with such a short amount of time, you're forced to get a little more creative. I think sonically, not always, but it it can help than just here's a here's a band or an orchestra, and here's some melody that you know, you're going to recognize, you know, a string section is a string section. Right. But when you can have some freedom to get a little creative, if you're doing something more modern, that can help. It's just like with, with, with music production today, you know, you're hearing a lot of 
you know, oh, what's that drum sound? Oh, that was, you know, I sampled my cat tripping over a bowl and I did this and did that. And that's the snare drum. And it's like, wow, that's really interesting. That can play a part too, I think. Actually, you know what's interesting? I gotta show you. You find maybe I had no pants on. This could be, <laughs> that'd be not great. This could be a theme song for some of these people. Couldn't hear anything, but yeah, no, my, no, but I, oh. I, I know what you're saying. And that's <laughs> that's it. Yeah, chord, a major chord. Da da, and uh, if 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 that was if that was a clean song, you definitely know what show it was. Right. And if it was on, a, and if it was on a successful show, people would say, "Oh my God, that is genius." Aren't they clever? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.